0: I need everyone listening to this (laughs) need to stress to you that the director and editor relationship is extremely important, extremely, extremely important because without your editor, you're not gonna have your film. And if you don't have that good relationship with your editor, and if you don't make them comfortable or make them feel like their voices are being heard, then they're not going to want to put in as much effort into yeah. your your project, into your film. So it's, it's really important to just listen to what they have to say and take it into consideration because nine times out of ten, they're telling you something that you definitely should listen to and should want to hear, something that's going to make the film ten times better.
1: My name is West Gibbons, and welcome back to the Tungsten Originals podcast. You just heard part of my conversation with editor Jada Cardoza. We discussed her growth as an editor, the director-editor relationship, and her new job working in the post-production department at Marvel. If you'd rather watch this episode, check out our YouTube channel, where you'll find full episodes in video form. The link to our channel and all other socials is in the description of this episode. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Episode 61 of the tungsten originals podcast jada welcome to the podcast
0: hello Thank how are you, you doing <laughs> i'm doing good how are you i'm
1: doing well awesome. oh i forgot to ask in our pre-thing are you are you calling is this from la no your, so I'm,
0: oh? I'm actually in atlanta right now
1: oh okay awesome. yeah 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 we're,
0: we're based in atlanta i'm actually still in my office i just we got i got off around like 7 30 but i was like 30-minute drive home. I might as well just sit here and wait until this oh, is Oh, so done you're, so you're in your
1: office right I'm now?
0: I'm really in my that's office, That's yeah. amazing.
1: Wow. <laughs> we'll do like God an office to tour see. later or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is very exciting. Um, we we both went to SCAD, so that's how we both know each other. Um, mm-hmm. You are a very talented editor who has made some great stuff, and I'm really excited to go know? into like the work you've done and, you know, this fancy office that you're, that you're calling us from, <laughs> the gray behind nice, the scenes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It reminds me of like those panels in SCAD, you know, like the panels in the classroom. Yes. It's Honestly, like you can either be at a at an office in Atlanta or like Adler, <laughs> and I couldn't tell the difference. So.
0: Honestly, I'm at Adler right now for being honest. <laughs> yeah, <artist>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: um, but before we get into all that stuff, I want to learn more about like your background and and how you, you know, landed into this industry. So I know you're from New Jersey. So when did your, like, when did filmmaking start coming to your life and stuff?
0: So actually it was in high school. I can't remember if it was fresh. I think it was sophomore year actually um i was in a digital media class it was one of those like bs classes that everyone yeah. took and it, it was a bs class for me i was like yeah let me just take this i don't really want to do anything serious like i'm in high school who's trying to do work <laughs> yeah. um but i remember one of the assignments um we had to go out and shoot um like film something with a camera like at a store like any store that you wanted and just like interview them and like cut it together this mm-hmm. wasn't when final cut was like Top dog, you know Yeah, (laughs) so um and so I got into final cut and I was just going. I was like, oh, hold on, wait. I actually kinda like this a little bit (laughs) (laughs) having a little bit of fun. And I realized I was like the only one taking it seriously in the class. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I mean that's cool, but whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it started off in as sophomore. Um, I started doing like little after effects, final cut, making our little um little title intros and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, and then SCAD soon after, I think it was like junior year, SCAD came to visit our school, Mm -hmm. you know, like when they have like colleges visit and like you skip a period and go listen to that college talk or representative or whatever. And, um, SCAD came and, you know, they did their great presentation. They're very good at the presentation. Listen, (laughs) I was sitting there a minute, I was like, wow, I want to go to this school. Like I have to go. So honestly, SCAD was my first choice. Um, mm. and that was the only school I was going to apply to. And then my digital media teacher, she was just like, um, what are you going to do if you don't get in? I'm yeah, like, exactly. well, I don't know. I don't want to <laughs> go anywhere else. So right. I got to get in. But, um, yeah, and it kind of just took off from there. I kind of, so like, I went into Scott already knowing that I wanted to go into post-production or like editing. Okay. So yeah, it, that's pretty much where it came from.
1: Yeah. So when in high school did it transition from like a fun thing To do in your spare time to like i see myself doing this as a career
0: the crazy thing is it was just that one class because i didn't have anything to do with it after that i i didn't Hmm. really edit anything else after that because there were no other um classes that offered that that was like the only digital media class Mm -hmm. um and i i it worked out though because it was digital media sophomore year and then junior year was around the time you started looking for colleges. Right. So, you know, I had to get my little SCAD video ready <laughs> to, oh, for, yeah. to enter. Right. So I, I made a little video. I had like my little brother in it and everything. It was called, I think it was called The Bad Habit. And it was like a little boy gets caught stealing a cigarette from his <laughs> sister's room. <laughs> it, was, it was very childish. I don't know how I got in off of that, <laughs> but <laughs> I made it luckily. Yeah. So I really I didn't even like really practice my editing skills it was kind of just like I'm not interested in anything else mm-hmm. whether it's editing or not I know I want to do something in the film or creative industry so I was like I'll just figure it out from there and luckily I just stuck with it and that was yeah just what I wanted to do from the jump so yeah we're still riding strong over here (laughs) it's it's lasting so far we're still doing good right
1: so what was it like when you took your first editing class at scad like your first editing only class
0: oh i was so excited because i was so tired of taking because like you have to the editing class is like the last
1: yeah it it comes later on yeah
0: exactly so i was doing all the pre-pro and production and i was like man this this really isn't for me (laughs) like i'm not like the stuff is cool and i give props for people that like to do that stuff but Mm. producing is just too much paperwork for me it's just
1: it's a lot of paperwork i I have friends back home who don't work in film at all and you know they're i'm I'm always telling them when i'm in meetings and stuff and they're like is filmmaking just like meetings all the time (laughs) and i'm like if you don't like meetings this is not Don't do it.
0: (laughs) Don't do it. That's all all. it is these
1: days.
0: (laughs) Every day especially at SCAD. Every day was a meeting. Oh, I got a meeting. Sorry, I gotta go. I got a meeting. Got a meeting after class. Hold on, sorry. Can't do anything. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but honestly, I was so excited. I had um Brennan, Christopher Brennan was my first um editing professor, and I absolutely loved him. Yeah,
1: he's amazing. (gasps)
0: Great energy, man. Such a positive uh teacher but um and then after that luckily so like you know um how you're able like after you take all like the the three mains and then you're able to just dibble and dabble and go in the direction you want to go in so i was able to start you know i just focused on the editing classes i didn't really take any of the what other classes was it it was like
1: you can do like digital cinematography. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah,
0: Like any chance I had to take a post-production class, I was on it. I was like, mm. I don't want to do any other, other stuff. Like right. I hopped on, I got Avid certified. I was like, yeah, I need to do this, this, and this. Like mm. get everything straight. Everything else doesn't matter. Like I got to learn about it. It's important to know, but right. that's not my focus. And so, yeah, so um, it was just cool because I was excited because I was excited. I was nervous to learn avid, but once yeah because I was I was premiere. I was all for premiere. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not doing avid. I'm in premiere. <laughs> I know what I'm doing in Premiere. Right. I don't want to do anything else. And I was just I think I was just intimidated by it because it's so it's very when
1: you, intimidating.
0: When you look at the interface, it's just like oh it's not very it's not welcoming at all. And no, it's like, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's too technical. Yeah. But once I started learning the technical sides of it, I was like oh, who uses Premiere? Like, yeah. get on avid. I don't <laughs> right. know what Premiere is. Sorry, right?
1: <laughs> Premiere. <me. laughs> I've never heard of her. <laughs>
0: exactly. That's great. So yeah, no. It was. I was excited to just like learn the technical side of everything because it really makes you feel cool when you're like
1: mm-hmm. just
0: working on the keyboard and know like all the shortcuts and you're like, oh yeah, you know, let me just hit this real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think it's so interesting that you like knew you wanted to be at least in post production from the get go because. Yeah. I'm I'm a similar way in that my very first project that I did, even though like I was telling you before we started rolling, it was like two people, two friends helping me and it was like really bad and filmed in the middle of nowhere. I like knew from then on no that blueberries is my thesis film
0: okay mm, okay okay okay. yeah okay. yeah
1: i'm talking about something i, I made back when i was like 14 uh, oh. <laughs> that is no one should view Every at all look at it. <laughs> yeah um yeah no blueberries is my uh was going to be my thesis film before we had to postpone i like knew from that project that i wanted to write and direct you know what i mean i loved it so mm-hmm. much and i interviewed so many people who are not that way. I feel like most of the people that I've talked to, it's more of a securities route of like, well, like you said, I took this one class in high school and then yeah. that made me think about this. And then I get to Scad, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to direct or whatever. So it's so like, I love hearing that because that's like, just when, you know, deep down inside, like, this is what I need to be doing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I, I had a lot of friends who weren't really sure exactly what mm-hmm. they wanted to do. And I was, always just like, oh, look, sex to you. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I know. I, same
1: thing in high school. I, I went to like, I went to a math and science high school and all my friends were like, I don't know what I want to do. And I'm like, I've known for years what i already applied. I
0: already got in. Yeah, exactly. I'm not doing anything else. Yeah. I'm really into like puzzles and like mind games and stuff like that. And I feel like I kind of, I guess that's kind of the way I look at editing. It's just like, really it's just one big puzzle piece and yeah. trying to just moving stuff around and knowing where to put different things. So I think that was what really attracted me to it in the beginning. And then it just expanded into this whole big thing for mm. me, but I'm honestly happy and thankful that I knew what I wanted to do from the beginning because I honestly can't picture myself doing anything else right, or being in any other industry. So. I'm like yeah this has to work or else i don't know what i'm gonna do
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so did you grow up in like a artistic environment you know and like were you like nope. a big movie consumer at a young age no yeah. it's so
0: weird it's so weird and i'm like i wish i was because i right. talked to like i talked to other people and they're like yeah i've been in love with movies from the beginning yep. always watching them i mean like I loved Disney movies when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had like all the VHS tapes, all do. <laughs> right? Like that's all I would watch. Honestly, were Disney movies, but mm-hmm. I wasn't really like the biggest eyes glued to a TV unless mm-hmm. it was a kid movie or something. But um, no, it, it so that is kind of random, almost.
1: Right. I mean, that's that almost just makes it seem like well, like it was. Meant to be that way because you just like knew that's what it was. But whatever you like told your family that like you wanted to go to film school, did you receive any like maybe you should do something else type of conversations or were they like totally yeah, behind you? Yeah, so
0: in the beginning, they were a little iffy about it. My mom right. was like, because I mean, let's be honest, Scott is a really expensive school. And my mom was like, you know, maybe you should do community college first and then go to Scott. And I was like, well, what am I going to do that for? I was like, I'm happy I didn't because that's honestly just a waste of time because you take mm-hmm. all those courses in community college and none of those add up to SCAD because it's all yeah. completely like that's math, English. And this is film coloring, yeah. like drawing 101, and lighting, right. all this stuff. So it's just like that would have been a waste of time. And then my dad was more so, you know, he just wanted I, in the beginning. He didn't really think that there was any money in the Mm -hmm. industry or money in what i wanted to do so i think he was just viewing it more so like as a money thing for me Mm -hmm. but me i was just like the money isn't the biggest thing for me like i just want to be happy doing what i'm doing i don't want to be just doing something just because i have to to make a Mm -hmm. living um so he was like he was more so going like, "Oh, why don't you want to be a lawyer or a doctor?" And I'm like, "I don't care about any of that stuff. That stuff doesn't really excite me. Like, I I don't even know what where I would go into that. Like, what mm-hmm. part of that I would go into? So it was he would be a constant like, "Why you? Why are you doing this? Like, you should do this." And I, but I'm just like, I'm kind of. Stubborn and just like, I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Stop asking right. me. I'm doing this. This is what I'm doing. And get on it. <laughs> and yeah, eventually, exactly. you know, look, like they tore they toured God, and they fell in love with it. They were like, oh, okay, you know, this is a really nice school. Mm-hmm. They probably still wish I did community college or something to save money. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but they're they're good. They're on board now.
1: <laughs> good. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure now, now that you're like At now this that you've graduated. yeah exactly so you know i posted on like the tungsten originals instagram story which if you don't follow tungsten you should definitely go do that if you're listening but i posted that i was like interviewing you and asking people for questions and i had multiple people want to talk about the editor director relationship and i'm glad people brought that up because i think that is like especially if you're just starting out like maybe you're a freshman at film school or you know, editing something in high school, like you started out doing, it's really hard to learn about how that works. You know, Mm -hmm. you there's, there's a a bunch of YouTube tutorials on how to like cut in premiere, but not a lot about how to like how to deal with a difficult director (laughs) who like won't listen to your ideas or whatever. Once now that you like have all, all of this experience with editing and are working professionally, what is your like biggest philosophy about that Collaborative process.
0: Honestly, I think the director and editor relationship is probably the most important part when it comes to filming. And I feel like I'm happy you brought this up because I feel like it's not talked about enough, especially yeah. at SCAD. It's kind of just like, okay, done, like pass it off to the editor and that's it. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, but ex- yeah, exactly.
0: It really, honestly, in my opinion, I think it's a good idea for, well, at least like at SCAD or like when you're in film school for the editor to be involved from the beginning and I've always said this, it's just because editors see things in a different way and they catch Mm. more specifics because they know what they're going to be looking for when it comes to being in the cutting room. And sometimes that's not always something that the the director is Mm. even thinking about. So like when I'm working with Jewel, he already knows. He's like, okay, like, Jada, you're right by me. Like what needs to be going on? And I just, it makes the process so much easier, and you need to develop that director-editor relationship from the beginning, because it's just like, if you guys aren't on the same page, then how are you going to create a film together that gets yeah. both views through to right. the
1: audience? Exactly, because I that's another thing. It's either perceived as like, the editor is just the button pusher, you know? And just like, mm-hmm. is the actual one sitting in front of the computer doing the things? or yeah. people think about it as like there's just a, a ton of butting heads and at the end of the day like the director is a director so they have like the final say on everything so i wanted to ask you about like how do you how do you balance those visions i'm sure like you know what's so great about you and jewel is that like y'all work together a lot and like you said you've been like with this exposure which we'll talk about in a little bit you know i know you were involved early on it's not like you were just you just mm-hmm. came on during post-production or whatever. Yeah. What would you say about like navigating those relationships, especially if it's a brand new person who you've never worked with before?
0: Right. So actually, um, my other, my senior, my other senior thesis, uh, cause I had two was exposure. And then the other one was out of many with Bex. Right. Uh, I don't, do you know Bex?
1: I yeah. think uh, I know the um, name. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So she, I, we've never really, we had like a few classes together and became friends that way, but we've never actually like worked together. So I ended up editing her thesis. Usually like the way I um would approach it in school was I'd make a cut based off of exactly what the director wanted. And
1: right. then
0: from there, I'd go in and give my feedback. And, you know, you just have to you have to be patient. You have to be very descriptive and you kind of got to explain the different ways to view things because you know sometimes they're not viewing it from that they just see their vision and that's it mm-hmm. and you kind of got to like break it's 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 weird but you kind of got to like break that and be like okay, mm-hmm. what about this because this may get X, Y, and Z across instead of going this direction. Mm. I've heard so many stories where like the directors and editors just go at it constantly. And like the editor is just not happy with the director at all because the mm. director isn't having an open mind. And I feel like it's important for the director to have an open mind because at the end of the day, the editor knows this film, you may have shot it and like, but the editor knows the film, like the back of its hand, because yeah, they're constantly looking at this footage 24/7. Mm-hmm. Like they probably know the footage well more well than the director does, because they're mm-hmm. the ones working with it. So I feel like you really just gotta listen to them and take their advice, because they could be pointing something out to you that you didn't see from the beginning, and it really like the story changes completely. Yeah. Without a mini, it started off going one way in the beginning and then completely changed in the end and sort of exposure also and that's i feel like that's usually what happens because you go in thinking one thing and then you finally sit down and look at the footage and you're like okay wait maybe this doesn't really work that way let's try it this way Mm -hmm. it's really important and i i hate that it doesn't get talked about a lot at scad in more advanced editing classes it gets talked about because it's a room full of editors but it doesn't get talked about in you know like the directing classes like it should because I feel like for some reason they all just forget about post production in their. Like, I know, hey. and
1: we've we've talked about it on the podcast multiple times. Is like the way even though I like Scad's quarter system, yeah. that just doesn't leave post production time. Like I know so many films that it's like class projects, like the PSAs for like your pre-production class or whatever like you still have to shoot something so it's like we shot it and we just like threw it together an ungraded cut with time code on it and exported it the (laughs) night before and now we will never revisit it it's like so important to have that like time for the edit to like change and mature and stuff exactly because that is like that's where it like becomes a movie comes together
0: so yeah exactly it's not the movie until you start editing it and it's gonna take a few tries before it even still flows correctly Mm. i don't know how to explain it but i just i need everyone listening to this (laughs) need to stress to you that the director and editor relationship is extremely important extremely extremely important because without your editor you're not gonna have your film and if you Mm. don't have that good relationship with your editor And if you don't make them comfortable or make them feel like their voices are being heard, then they're not going to want to put in as much effort into your, your project, into your film. So it's, it's really important to just listen to what they have to say and take it into consideration because nine times out of 10, they're telling you something that you definitely should listen to and should want to hear and something that's going to make the film 10 times better
1: yeah 100 percent. i like uh an example of that is um this uh short that i shot in 2018 you know editing took so long because like i i had one person that was going to be an editor and then their schedule got booked so like i went to another editor and you know things like that it just gets drawn out but i had a, a Scad friend edit it and like the intro sequence is just he totally came up with it himself. Like it was totally his idea. Basically the movie it's called 38,600 miles per hour. I call it 38 for sure. And it's basically mm-hmm. about this guy who like loves space and wants to leave his hometown. And that like causes strain on his relationships. And my editor called me and he's like, okay, this isn't working in a lot of ways. And I like, I fully trust him because we had worked on a lot of different things together as like a director editor Mm -hmm. relationship. So I, I I was like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) You know, that can be hard to admit (laughs) from like a writer director standpoint, but I'm like, yeah, it's, it's not the best. (laughs) And (laughs) then he's like, let me try something. And he made this intro sequence that had like vintage, like space race footage with this music and it just totally intro the film. And now it's like my best, my favorite part of the movie. And it was Mm -hmm. 100% his idea. I didn't have any of that written in the script or anything. So you know, in the same way, like you're speaking out to the audience about that importance. I want to speak to the people who are those directors with what they believe is like the perfect vision. An editor is your friend.
0: (laughs) They're trying to help.
1: You know, it's, it's really great whenever y'all, whenever multiple people like a director and editor lock in on the same vision, because you're going towards the same goal, but with different skill sets. And whenever you have just like an amazing editor, I think that's something that people maybe realize too late in film school. Because they maybe don't get the chance to like sit with a great editor, but like, oh my gosh, does it make a film so much better?
0: (laughs) It makes a huge, and I feel like you can tell when you're watching a film, like a short film or like a student film, when there wasn't really a good connection between the editor and the director, oh hundred, or when the director didn't allow the editor to really give their part into it, Uh, because I mean, like, the editor is a they're creative also; they're not just some machines who are just putting the pieces together like it doesn't have to go the way the script says it goes and 9 times mm-hmm. out of 10 it probably shouldn't <laughs> it probably yeah. should go some completely other different way it needs to right. be stressed <laughs> it needs to be stressed
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and it's even better like you said earlier once you can bring them in to the project like as early as possible because then they really get to like you know, they, they, of course, learn about the film from watching all the footage, but, like, once they know about all of the trials and tribulations of, like, pre-production and production, mm-hmm. then they get to go into, this is a stupid way to say it, it's like a cheat code, kind of. They go into post-production <laughs> with all this information, and they're like, I already have, like, a solid idea of how to do this, you know?
0: When Jewel was shooting Exposure, I went to, and I'm not, the editor doesn't have to be there, like, 24-7, but, you know, right. it'd be nice to, like, pop in every now and then, mm-hmm. and so I would pop in. And, you know, I'd see what they were doing and I remember I told them, I was like, you really need to get something else to follow along with this or else it's Mm -hmm. just not going to connect like it should. They are there to back you up and make sure you have the correct stuff that you need to make sure your movie is what you want it to be or what it should be.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so nice to have someone come on set that's like, oh, you didn't get coverage of that. You're going to want coverage of that. (laughs) (laughs) Do that right now, you know. So I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, we're talking a lot about that uh, that relationship, of course. A question I wrote down that I think is like this is such a case by case basis, but like it's it's an important thing. I think. When do you know to put your foot down about like how if a director is being too like you know abrasive or like too married to their vision? When do you know to be like you got to trust me on this?
0: You know, I honestly <laughs> I. I don't know if
1: I have the right answer
0: because yeah I've honestly been blessed to not have to really deal with this situation Mm because usually the people that I've worked with have an open mind but Mm -hmm. I remember like talking in class with Newton and stuff and we'd go over situations like this and really it's just like you just you just have to find a way to deliver what you're saying without offending the director because I feel like the directors when they're looking at their stuff I'm not saying they're fragile but it's kind of fragile because it's like that's their baby you know they don't want you to tell them oh this looks bad or not that it looks bad but like this is wrong you need to do this instead Mm -hmm. so I really feel like it's all about the delivery and how you deliver what you're saying Mm -hmm. because if you just come off right off the bat like no I don't like this I don't want to do this I don't (laughs) think we should do it this way then Yeah, they're going to be like, um, what do you mean? this is mine. I want to do it like this. Like, it's all about suggesting. And, Mm. you know, at the end of the day, it's up to the director to take those suggestions. But I feel like if you're firm enough on your suggestion and really, you know, show them what you're talking about, like, right. If sometimes like just saying it to them isn't the same as just doing the cut real quick and comparing it to what it was before so that they can see oh okay maybe they're right maybe we should go about it this way or it doesn't even have to be that way completely but just to see what you're talking about and you can just go from there instead of just no it should be like this or no it has to be like this because of x y and z like show them what you're talking about because as editors yeah editors it's easy to picture it in your mind because that's all you're doing is you're like you're cutting in your head and you're you're thinking about it constantly yeah so it's it's not going to be they're not going to think of it the same way so that's why Mm -hmm. i say it's just it's easier to just show them what you're talking about rather than just saying it
1: right totally like if you think this scene works better here go ahead and before your next meeting as we said there's so many meetings before the next meeting (laughs) cut that render it out and then show them like I know we were working on this but I did this and then that can exactly I think also like, like the right director would really if they if they know their stuff like would just really appreciate that because it just makes their job easier as well like like you said it's easier to see than to like imagine you know because then you're on the yeah same page. exactly
0: exactly like just it doesn't even have to be perfect but just throw that cut together real quick Mm -hmm. don't make any don't make any final changes but just throw it together real quick just show them that snippet of the scene that you're talking about so that they can see and nine times out of ten it'll work
1: yeah absolutely so i want to talk about exposure last week Whenever these episodes come out, the episode that comes out before this one is with Jewel, who is the writer and director of Exposure. So, you know, we've kind of got like a double feature (laughs) of episodes on Exposure, which is awesome. So (laughs) how did like, how did Exposure come to be and how did you get involved with it?
0: Well, for those of you who don't know, Jewel is my absolute best friend. (laughs) So (laughs) I was already involved when he first came up with the idea and when, you know, he was thinking about what he wanted to write. So I mean, I was already automatically just going to be the editor just because, you know, that's what I do. And, you know, we work together. But in the beginning, Mm -hmm. I was more so just there as a friend. Um, I leave all the scripts and stuff up to him. He'll send me a script and be like, what do you think about this? And I'll say, oh, I don't know. (laughs) you know ask my little questions and then he'll be like you know you're yeah. right and then he'll tweak it to
1: that so with exposure you know i'm i feel really lucky to be like i took what was it senior two with uh with jewel so like i got to read the scripts in class and you know hear about the like production process and stuff so that was like a really cool behind the scenes view into the project so what was your biggest challenge in post-production
0: Ooh. Good question. And I'm curious
1: what if you and Joel have the same answer.
0: (laughs) The biggest thing we had to try and avoid was that there was a lot of talking back and forth Mm -hmm. and not enough showing things through action. So it was more so just talking about it and talking about how the characters feel and like them, like saying how they feel and, and all of that instead of just, showing it visually and leaving it up to the viewers to take their own um take from it i think that was like the main thing when i was when i was editing i tried my best to like grab any little moments where um it was like that character just staring off or them just like making any like little gestures you'll see there's a lot of i tried to focus on like a lot of body movements to express how the characters were feeling instead of just going through the full-on arguments or like full-on conversations between um, Marcus, uh, which is the main character, and Chelsea, um, which is his best friend. Like they go through a little moment where they're talking and I, you know, try to cut back and forth between Mm. that and just not give away so much. I think we were giving away too much with talking instead of just letting the actors act and get their emotions across to the viewers through just seeing them move through their movements instead of just hearing them talk about it
1: so you know with exposure like of course it was a you know Jules thesis film and one of your thesis films so like you had to have it done by a specific time but you know post-production can take a really long time what did you learn about editing or did you come out of that project with like a new perspective on editing after working on a project like exposure
0: i learned how to intersect the film with different moments that are going on simultaneously Mm -hmm. instead of just having it like a b and c you could do a c b or bac you know like instead of like the conversation doesn't have to be okay these two characters finish their conversation now move on to the next two characters having their conversation now move on to the next two characters like you can do them having a conversation and then boom go to the next people having their conversation go back and forth you just have to find talking points that kind of connect the two that makes any sense Mm
1: -hmm. yeah totally
0: yeah i think that was one of the main things that i took away from exposure like working with it was you don't have to have everything play out in like the same order when it comes to conversations like it's okay to cut a conversation or cut certain parts of that conversation out if it's not really needed. Not that, that was probably like one of the big things.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean that that also like reminds me of the idea of like I think it's really good practice for everyone who's in like any role that's like affecting those creative decisions on a film set, but especially like the, you know, top ladder people like the director and editor stuff. I think it's really good and something I try to do. It's good to assume that your audience is like smart enough to figure it out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you don't, and I know we talked about this on like multiple scripts, even, you know, my script in our senior two class, you don't want to spoon feed your audience, like every little detail, like they're people too. And they can piece together exactly. what are talking about, you know?
0: Exactly. Yeah. And that was the main thing with exposure. I think we were spoon feeding way too much. So when we got to the mm-hmm. cutting room, we were like, okay, we need to dial it back a bit, yeah. how do we not give away so much? so quick Mm -hmm. it was a big little project to do
1: (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely um so what was it like comparing your experience of editing exposure with jewel who's like one of your closest friends and that you have experience working with versus out of many with the team that you're kind of new to like how does that relationship you know like affect your process
0: mainly um when it came to like reviewing cuts with the directors um i kind of had to take a different approach to both of them because you know um bex yeah she's my friend but i'm not as close to her like i am with jewel so with jewel i don't really have to always watch the way i deliver things because he knows like i don't mean it in any type of way like it's literally just how I. it's just me talking that's how (laughs) i deliver things sometimes and so i'm like okay okay i get it but with bex i i didn't want to like offend her or like say anything the wrong way. So I kind of just had to, which is like what I was talking about, like just watch your delivery when you're talking to your directors and they won't get offended. So I was watching the way I delivered my, delivered certain things to her in certain critiques. And, um, but you know, me and her, we had honestly, like we had a really great relationship when we were working on Out of Many. Like we didn't have any issues or like any like bumping heads or anything. We were usually on the same page the whole time um, because we would talk to each other about everything and share our sides and our views of how things should go. So mm-hmm. it made it a lot easier. And You know, I'd show her a cut of how I felt like something should go and, you know, show her my side and we'll see her side and just compare mm. the two. So that's why I say it's so important to do that because you got to show them. Yeah. So it was really the main difference was really just my delivery <laughs> and how I say things and. <laughs> Because you would be like, Jewel,
1: you're wrong. This isn't working. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cursing out real quick, like, no, I don't want to hear that. we
1: yeah. are <laughs> doing it like this. <laughs> right. You know, in preparation for this, I was looking at your website and like, you know, looking at your resume and the stuff you've worked on. And I saw that you worked on this Tom Ford fashion film. It seems that I could be wrong, but it seems that your like focus is like the narrative style of editing, the narrative side of filmmaking. Would I be correct mm-hmm. in that? Yeah. Okay. So with making like a fashion film do you think it's good for editors like yourself who are Have known what you want to do and the type of stuff you want to make for a long time do you think it's a good practice to like venture out into like fashion films or documentaries or like you know art house stuff do you think that experience makes you just a better editor overall
0: of course yeah because it gives you like a different idea of how to approach different situations Mm -hmm. those fashion films that i did work on it was really a lot of fun for me because it's like short little music videos almost and yeah you have um, so much more like
1: creative freedom
0: exactly exactly it's a lot more creative freedom so and it's just like why would you not want to like expand your knowledge of because it's editing isn't there isn't just one type of editing you know you have different options and different techniques why wouldn't you want to explore all those different options it's it's not going to hurt you it can only make you better so i feel like it definitely working on like little fashion films like music videos and stuff it helps when you're trying to create. um I'm blanking on the word. Starts with an M. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Jeez, man, this word just completely slipped my mind. You know, I'm. So, why am I blanking on this word right now?
1: Not like not montage. That's not the right word. Is montage.
0: It? Yes, oh. that is the word <laughs> I'm looking for. Montage.
1: <laughs> That's so funny. What's even funnier is that we're about to talk about this like amazing editing job you have and we couldn't remember what the word montage was.
0: Montage man. Oh my god, my coworkers are gonna see this and be like, Are you serious? Are you serious like I feel like I'm a really big fan of montages and films. I love it. It's my yeah. favorite. When these films come out, you'll see I try to include a montage whenever i can mm. and i feel like when you work when you do like these little fashion films and music videos it's really just one big montage to be honest with you because mm. you're still telling a story it's just you have music in the background instead of people talking and, but you're still trying to tell a story through the way the actors are moving and their mm. eye contact and stuff like that so what i was trying to say was yes i think working on a little short projects like that do strengthen um you as an editor because it just it gives you more variety and makes you think of different ways to tell a story
1: yeah yeah absolutely so i want to dive into this amazing job that you have that you are calling us from (laughs) the gray void that you're calling us from um so you are in this like a post-production assistant or is it an assistant editor what's the proper term
0: post-production assistant okay
1: so you're a post-production assistant at marvel which is like I mean, I'm sure now you're probably like, oh yeah, I'm used to it, but like that's, I want to <laughs> remind you that that is quite amazing and like very, very cool. Um, So, you know, I feel like I'm going to sound like, you know, a grandmother. Tell me all about it. How'd you get it? What's it like? <laughs> I'm so proud of you.
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, it, it was, it's kind of crazy how I got the job because, so I'm in, a scad post-production alum page on facebook and a scad alum posted in uh the facebook page and was like this really big company they couldn't give any like specific details but they were like this really big company is looking for a post-production assistant in atlanta by the way i was still in savannah at this point mm-hmm. they're like looking for this post production assistant this is when it starts when it ends blah 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 blah. so i messaged i messaged him and i sent him um my resume and my website and all my information and he sent it off to the post-production supervisor for which turned out to be marvel but i didn't know at the time and luckily i guess they, they liked my stuff enough to set up an interview that it all happened in a day by the way oh wow um, but we set up an interview <laughs> that was a big day yeah. for
1: you
0: <laughs> it, was nuts. it was nuts and you know i'm going through the interview i'm just i'm trying to you know play it cool yeah yeah because um, i really was stressing i was like i need a job i'm not doing anything i've applied to so many jobs and haven't heard back to anyone so i'm just trying to play it cool and then you know they just like gradually just like mention like oh it's for a marvel film and i'm like <laughs> Oh, cool. Marvel. <laughs> like, you know, it's like a small Not indie a company. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They make a little, they
1: make some stuff.
0: <laughs> you know, nothing crazy yeah, exactly. So I had my interview that night and then they still had other people that they had to interview. So they called me back a little bit later on that night and was like, Hey, just so you know, we want to offer you this job. Duh. Wow. And I literally sat there. I called, I called my mom and I cried. I was like, Mom, I got
1: yeah. that job oh my goodness
0: that's <laughs> like wow like this has happened so quick it happened so quick yeah personally i don't think my reel is anything crazy right now i actually need to work on it <laughs> but i think it was just because i uh, was trying to play it relaxed and just talk to them like normal people yeah. during an interview i guess that was a plus for me mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah it it worked out i'm i'm blessed extremely blessed because this all happened from a facebook post yeah
1: <laughs> So join those Facebook groups. Yeah, I've heard of so many people (laughs) like that story getting insanely good jobs from Facebook groups. And it's pretty incredible. (laughs) Exactly. I've got a a submitted question from the audience. Kara Ang, friend of the show, asked uh, from our Instagram post, what's the difference between editing in a school or indie setting versus a major studio? Oh, i'm sure there's a couple of differences
0: (laughs) you know not that (laughs) there's a specific way to do everything you know like when we were going in school you're kind of just figuring it out as you go but here everyone literally has a very specific job Mm -hmm. and part of the film that they're supposed to tend to um and it kind of just helps things run smoother because you don't have multiple people just like trying to figure out the same thing, like, okay, right. you are going to figure out this. So that way it'll help this person. They can figure out what they're going to do for the next part. So, and it just, it helps things move along quicker and smoother. So it's not just like, oh, I thought you were doing this. Oh no, I thought you were doing that. Oh no, no. You said you were going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. yeah. um, so every student project ever. A... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the second assistant editors, they pretty much prep everything for the first assistant editors so that the first assistant editors can prep everything for the editors so it's right. literally just like a line just you do this so i can do this mm-hmm. so they can do this so they can do that it's a
1: really solid like formula that they've perfected over the years
0: exactly exactly i mean i would hope so yeah. that they got it down <laughs> yeah, <at> this point. <laughs> i would hope it would take something like that to make the
1: highest grossing film of all time <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly so then, yeah and then it's just like you know if one person finishes their job early then you know they can knock on the next person's door like hey do you need help with anything I'm all set with mine no you're good okay cool I'm gonna find other work if there's anything to do
1: right yeah because that's something that I you know like I was telling you I'm I'm just like a COVID PA but even even on that I've learned so much about how like network TV works and how you're absolutely right there is like for any minute specific job, there is one person and it's their entire job to do that.
0: No matter how small the job is,
1: yeah. like,
0: <laughs> that is your
1: job. Yeah, that's what they do. They're an expert in what they do. So it works out. <laughs> I wanted to ask, what is something that at this job, I assume this would probably happen really immediately after you got it what was like this huge thing that you thought oh i i totally didn't learn that at film school like i've never seen anyone talk about this again like we said before we started rolling like there's so much you can learn from like youtube tutorials so much you can learn at film school of course but even i again as a lowly covid pa have learned stuff that i'm like i didn't even know
0: on wait (laughs) stop downgrading your job because I've seen what these COVID PAs do and it's a lot of work. You it are is, I must say. <laughs> Thank you.
1: I should have brought out Stop my tip guns and just like started taking temperatures <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> I appreciate the confidence boost. <laughs> but I'm sure you've learned so much stuff that previously you had like no idea existed. So like mm-hmm. what are some of those things?
0: God mainly preps me to have some idea of the terminology and stuff that's being used, not so much the process of everything. I think the main thing mm-hmm. I will say that I learned at SCAD that they do here is, it's called script thinking. I'm sure you've learned that, right? Yeah, I yeah, think they yeah. teach I've everyone that yeah. there. Yeah. That was like the main thing. I was like, ooh, I got it. I know how to do this. I can do that, right. <laughs> I've yeah. got it down. Even then it's just like there's so many different ways to do things. And it was kind of it's it's really just cool to see the correct way things are supposed to be done Mm. and the technical side of it and the reason why things are done certain ways and like how these big movies turn around their projects so quickly and like yeah are able to get so much stuff done. Like one thing um I thought was pretty cool, which I feel like might be known, but it wasn't known for me, is that the editor they can see as soon as a shot is taken on set, it gets uploaded to like their cloud and they can automatically see it. Wow. So that huh. helps because, um, the director, you know, he's been wanting to see like cuts at the end of the day mm-hmm. from the editor that, of what they shot that day. So it helps because, you know, the editor can see as soon as a shot's taken, it goes to us. So wow. they're automatically like, They're just going at it. I'm like, I did not know that. I thought you had to wait till the end of the day. Everything was done. But no, they're just they're constantly going at it, constantly working. Let's see, what's another thing? I'm also learning. Um, my post-production supervisor, he's been really helpful. He every minute he can, he teaches me something new. Mm. Not on the editing side, but more so just about how. To run post production or, you know, like the post side of everything. And oh my gosh, I don't know how he does it, but there's just, he knows so much and he'll tell me all this stuff. And I'm like, how do you remember all of this? <laughs> how do you know all of this? Right. How am I going to remember all of this for the future? So yeah. I'm like, I know he, I remember him telling me this, but it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At SCAD, you know, when like the, scripty takes those script notes for the editor and you know they give it to the editor Mm -hmm. um you have your script supervisor on set i never really understood what i was supposed to do with with those script notes right i i knew like yeah they tell you like what shots are good or what shots what the director liked what they didn't like but because i usually would still go through each shot anyways and take my own notes on it but here the script notes are actually extremely important extremely vital we actually i have to make like a whole book for the editor Mm. which is like all the notes of what they shot that day but you know it has like notes on vfx because when you're working with something that has a lot of vfx in it, it the vfx hasn't been done yet so she doesn't you know she's looking at something but you know you don't really know what it is because the vfx isn't done yet so you need the notes to tell you, okay, this is what's supposed to be. This is what it's going to look like. It's really important because it, it helps you keep track of like all the takes, yeah. all the scenes and all that stuff. And you know, what issues they had or what's supposed to be there, or what isn't there, but was supposed to be there or why it wasn't there. So that way the editor doesn't have to go and start asking questions because mm-hmm. they already know it right then and there. I feel like as SCAD, like. The script notes were mainly just like, oh, director really like this one. No good. Yeah, director yeah that's exactly. Like yeah, that's, exact, yeah that's, literally <laughs> that's literally a deal literally, yeah. Exactly. But there's so much here. There's so much more stuff that goes into it. And I'm like, oh, OK, because you line it up with the script. So you have the script on one side, and then the um, notes on the other side. And um, you see which part of the script each shot goes with. So mm-hmm. it helps. So you're not like looking back and forth like, oh, where is this supposed to go oh it's supposed to go right here because that's where it says (laughs) right it's honestly it's super cool just getting to see the correct way and process to do things rather than just everyone just throwing everything at each other and be like okay here's all your stuff go at it have fun yeah let me see what you can do
1: yeah exactly one of the best ways to learn is to see how the experts do it (laughs) like see how the, the the top dogs are doing it so
0: exactly exactly and um I got, to, I'm getting to work with such an amazing team because they're all so helpful and like, always welcome, like always trying to like, mm-hmm. if you have a question about anything, they're always open. Like, yeah,
1: let right. me break
0: this down for you real quick and explain to you why we do it this way instead of just being like, oh, it's like this yeah. and like push you off to the side. Like, it's not like that. I actually genuinely feel like I'm learning a lot and it's preparing me to do what right. I need to do to take the next step to become an editor. Well, it'll be, that'll be, way down the line but an assistant editor
1: (laughs) i mean that's that's so amazing to hear because you hear so many horror stories about like people just being such assholes and so whenever you find people that just like bring you under their wing and just like teach everything like what a what a what a gift you know what i mean to someone who's like just starting out so
0: I was, I was super scared. I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if they're going to be like really hard right. or if they're not going to want to talk to yeah. me or <laughs> they're just going to just like be bossing me around, like go do this, go do that. But honest, like they're, everyone's super, super, super cool. Like mm-hmm. super cool. I can't even explain how relaxed everyone is and how they're just like, they want you to ask questions and they want yeah. you to, understand the process and the reason why they do certain things so it's it's very refreshing
1: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so you know we've, we've covered like the three line of your career how you like found this editing class at school you know in high school and then worked in college and you know now you're working at marvel which is still so amazing so if you could say something to someone just starting out in film school or in high school that has like an inkling of an interesting, of an interest in being an editor, or maybe someone who like you absolutely knows they want to be an editor with, with this wealth of information that you have and this wealth of experience, what would you tell them? Like what, what golden piece of knowledge would you give to carry them, you know, through the next, through the next thing?
0: Honestly, just be open to try and learn as much as you can even if it's something that you don't want to do because nine times out of ten later on it's going to help you you just Mm. might not realize it right then and there one of the things I struggled with like when we just when we graduated I was like I felt like I wasn't doing anything because you know we're constantly we're used to like having school like in our backhand like okay like I have to do this for school but when you're done with school you're literally just on your own and like you're just like okay right, well now my what? schedule
1: just cleared up a good bit
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly you can't judge your process and like where you're at based off of what you see everyone else doing on social media which is probably was one of like the big things for me because you know i'd see all of my scad friends like they're still you know even after graduating they're still creating films and they're still Doing all this creative mm-hmm. stuff and doing so many things, and I was literally just sitting there, just working at a restaurant, like not doing anything. Like I, right? It was stressing me out for real because I'd be watching everyone on social media. Oh,
1: I, I compare myself to other people on social media uh, all the it, time. It's I'm so bad. It's at it.
0: so hard yeah. not to, but you really, you mm-hmm. really need to not <laughs> do that because, geez, man, it it really stresses you out. It, it stresses you out completely. And then it makes mm. you feel like you're just you're not almost like you're not worth it. And you're just like, you're not going to make it because you're not doing anything. And you see everyone else doing something, and right. you're just sitting there. The crazy thing is, I tell myself, I'd be like, Okay, I'd find different things that I could be editing and different things I could be working on. And I'd start the process of doing it and never do it. Uh, <laughs> and it mm. was just Yeah, I just wasn't I didn't feel like doing anything, if that makes any sense. Like, I just I wasn't motivated Mm -hmm. to do anything and it it kind of got to me because I was just like, you know, my parents asked me, okay, are you applying to jobs? Like, what are you doing? It's like, yeah, I'm applying to jobs and no one's getting back to me. Like, I don't know. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, exactly. I
0: hate it here. I'm done. (laughs) I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) Um, Right. But honestly, just try i would just say to just try and learn as much as you can and there's gonna be people that tell you oh maybe you should take this route instead and luckily i i listened to other people's advice but i didn't really i didn't really listen (laughs) but right you gotta know when to take it when to not take it because i remember i was this was right before i got this job actually and i was working I was a bartender downtown and i had a customer and she i was telling her like what i wanted to do i was like yeah you know i really want to move to atlanta i want to you know get a job in editing and you know in the film industry and she basically was just like pretty much just telling me oh you're not really going to find anything because nothing's going on right now and like the film industry is completely closed down and she kind of was just like shooting me down and shooting me down it was just like okay all right well there goes that yeah and then like a few weeks later i got the job and i was like ha like (laughs) i got it like i'm doing something (laughs) exactly so it's just whenever whenever people are always going to give you negative energy and tell you all this negative stuff but you really got to cancel that out because everyone's timing is differently that come to realize that everyone's timing mm-hmm. is differently and you just got to move at your own pace because if you go based off of what everyone else is doing, then you're always just going to feel like you're not good enough or you're not doing enough because there's always someone that's doing more than what you're doing. But just cause you're not doing as much mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're doing bad or anything. It's just, it's just where you're at at that point, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And those people that you're comparing yourself to are probably thinking the exact same thing. You exactly.
0: Know? Yeah, exactly. So I, I think we all especially as creatives, I think we all go through it where we're just like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life right now because nothing's going on. But you just you got to find a way to stay positive about it because it's gonna it happens to everyone. Like I'm 100%. I know everyone's gonna go through this if they haven't yet. If those people that are you see are constantly doing something, they're gonna go through that moment too if they haven't already. But you just gotta keep pushing forward and stay positive as much as you can Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i i couldn't agree more and i think that's like the a great a great note to end on because like especially with how the pandemic has just upended everyone's like lives we're all on social media more and we're all just comparing ourselves more so i think it's like (laughs) you know literally this it's good to remember that
0: it's one if one thing this pandemic did is you are literally watching everyone (laughs) move. Everyone's move Yeah, constantly, whether it's through their Instagram stories, Snapchat, Facebook. It's, it's, it's very toxic. <laughs> very toxic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this episode has flown by totally, which I'm so, you know, I wish we had more time, but you know, I always know it's a good one and it flies by because we're just like, <laughs> going off just, of one thing to the next, so. Oh
0: my God, it's 10 o'clock already.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down at your office, staying after work to do this. Oh, of course. I can't wait to like, you know, follow your career through Marvel and like see the future projects that you're doing. And I'd love to have you back on maybe in a year from now and just get an update on all the cool stuff you're doing because I only, I only assume that it's all just gonna be great updates, so. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to see where Tungsten goes. I hope you and Jewel and Ivy Vision find a way to collab because I honestly think that will be oh yeah so amazing to have both of your fan bases joining together to create one big push for both your companies um but i know tungsten is going places i mean just by the name tungsten originals that just rolls off the tongue perfectly if you ask me
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you i'm quite proud of the name i have to say
0: (laughs) but yes thank you well thank you that does
1: mean a lot you're a friend of me you're a friend of tungsten anytime you want to work on anything just let me know and i'd love to i'd love to make something happen so i'm just a phone call away
0: you will be the first (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Wes. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, if you're listening to this, be sure to follow Tungsten on all of the social media channels. We also have a TikTok now. So check out our TikTok. <laughs> um, and, you know, links to Jada's social media, you know, website and all that kind of stuff is going to be in the description of this episode. And if you're listening to the audio only version, you should hop on over to our YouTube channel and, you know, check out the video version and you can leave in the comments you know, what's your thought and stuff. So we're trying to expand to a bunch of different avenues this year. You know, it's, it's an exciting time. So next episode comes out a week after this one. Thanks again for being on and thanks everybody for listening. So awesome. We'll see you in the next one.
0: Bye guys. Thank you.